if I wanted to build a mobile wallet in 2017 or 2018, there was no other option than me becoming just another extension, either on mobile or desktop like MetaMask. That's why MetaMask took that path. So I wanted to enable this ability to remotely connect a wallet to any application, regardless of the platform. Hi everyone, this is Growing Web 3 a podcast that uncovers the growth stories behind the most successful crypto, DeFi, DAO, NFT, metaverse, and play-to-earn ecosystems. I'm your host, James RT, and each week I'll be sitting down with founders and experts on Web3 to pick their brains and learn about their growth stories. We'll discuss strategies and tactics to understand how they've grown Web3's billion-dollar protocols and communities. So whether you're in the midst of your own growth story or just getting started, this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we discuss Growing Web 3. Growing Web 3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web 3 organizations. Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web 3 ecosystems. Go to www.hype.partners to learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Growing Web3. I'm extremely excited to have a friend from back in the day, back in the early Ethereum days with me, Pedro from Wallet Connect. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, man. So Pedro um, is the founder of Wallet Connect and essentially Wallet Connect allows you to connect your wallet to thousands, millions of different applications. Tell us a little bit more about your journey, um, how you got into building Wallet Connect, where it is now. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear more about that. For sure. I mean, I started on Ethereum with the premise of building a better personal finance uh, experience. Before Ethereum, I was working in FinTech, so I was already kind of really fascinated with finance. And I really wanted the experience of someone like mainstream user to just have control over their finances. So Ethereum really attracted me early on with the features like smart contracts because Bitcoin just didn't have that level of control. So I joined a wallet back in the day. Uh, It was called Balance Wallet. And I wanted to really build this really interesting wallet experience. And it was really interesting to see that it was missing so much. I think everyone who has been early on Ethereum realized that like infrastructure and tooling was just missing. And we had MetaMask already in 2017, but basically that meant that like anyone who wants to build or even use Ethereum needs to be a desktop user and needs to download the Chrome extension. So Wallet Connect fixed exactly that problem. Uh, It focused on the mobile experience uh, we started with something very simple with just connecting a mobile wallet to your desktop and eventually a mobile wallet into mobile applications. And now it's just Wallet Connect works in any platform. Eventually, I left Balance to spin off as a, a solo project. Wallet Connect got an Ethereum Foundation grant. And in 2018, I became a solo founder who was working on an open source project and just trying to get this network effect out there to every single wallet out there. Awesome. That's such a cool journey. I, yeah, I remember we met, I think in New York initially, um, when we were both working on a balance project. So yeah, it's phenomenal to see how far Wallet Connect has come 
um, was it last week or the week before there was the announcement uh, where Instagram, Facebook, Meta, they will be um, yeah obviously integrating NFTs, wallet functionality, and yeah, Wallet Connect will be the key connector. I'd love to just have you explain how that works. Um, as right now we have wallets like MetaMask, Trust Wallet, things like that. Um, and then we have Wallet Connect, which is like this infrastructure layer in between and how that kind of works and how that's helping onboard people to the ecosystem. Yeah, so I guess to, to explain it, I, I would like to explain that one of the biggest principles of Wallet Connect is that we try to design the user experience and then we just make the technology work around it. And it was very obvious that if I wanted to build a mobile wallet in 2017 or 2018, there was no other option than me becoming just another extension, either on mobile or desktop like MetaMask. That's why MetaMask took that path. So I wanted to enable this ability to remotely connect a wallet to any application, regardless of the platform. And that's what was made possible for Instagram and Twitter to have NFT functionality. Either they were going to become an extension, which is completely nonsense for Instagram and Twitter to do, or they would have a remote connection through a secure protocol like Wallet Connect that could connect them to any wallet. So that's how it was enabled. How you actually do it is you select the wallet that you want to go to and the application will redirect it to the wallet. And then there will be a cryptographic exchange that uh, establishes an end-to-end encrypted uh, communication channel. And that's how you enable the Instagram or Twitter or any application to then request for a signature for either a message or a transaction and essentially enabling the whole wallet experience to grow beyond like mobile or desktop it becomes truly a multi-platform experience. Absolutely. So the wallet, through Wallet Connect, your, um, the protocol is enabling you to interact with the Web3 functionality on everything. So yeah, yes. I was kind of right when I said Wallet Connect allows you to connect to thousands or potentially millions of things. Like it's definitely going in the millions of things direction. And how yeah. do you see... How do you see like wallets onboarding the kind of, I mean, next mass amount of users? Like people still need to have MetaMask or Trust Wallet or something like that, right? And now Wallet Connect is just enabling to connect to all these other places. So people will still, yeah, download MetaMask and Trust Wallet. And how do you think those wallets, like where do you think they are? Do you think they're, the experience for people is good? Do you think they're ready to onboard? Like I think MetaMask might have, 20 million, 30 million, maybe 50 million downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, are they ready to kind of take on 500 million, a billion people? Or do you still think that needs to be done a lot of work? I think I think there's a lot of work and it's not just from the wallet side, but like from the Ethereum ecosystem as a whole. Uh, to put it simply, the categories of wallets are basically three. Uh, people like to think about wallets like mobile wallets, desktop wallets and hardware wallets, but the actual categories of these wallets are uh, more uniform. Uh, whether it's a mobile desktop or a hardware wallet, this is a seed phrase wallet. It means that you know these 12 words and that's how you control your wallet. But that experience is a little bit too advanced for the majority. And unless we make the whole world more technically literate on the internet, 
we're just going to have a lot of people losing money. So new forms of wallets have appeared, uh, like smart contract wallets that, that would be like Gnosis Safe or Argent and other multi-sig wallets that allow multiple participants to control a wallet. This would mean that if you have, let's say, two phones, they control the same wallet on chain. But then if you lose one of the phones, it's fine because you still have a backup. And then you can even have some features like social recovery, where someone else uh, triggers some debt switch. Uh, you know, the whole idea of a seed phrase controlling your wallet is gone with a smart contract wallet. Yeah. However, there's a third category, which is a really interesting one, which is the MPC wallets, which stands for multi-party computation. It's a little bit more technical, but to put it simply, they rep represent the same functionality as a multi-sig without the blockchain. So it's like an off-chain multi-sig. Okay. So I think that we will see more MPC wallets in the market. And I think those are more likely to onboard the next billion users. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I saw some crazy stats recently about, um, I think it was in a blog post from a guy called Andrew Chen. He's like a Silicon Valley entrepreneur who worked at Uber. It's a really old blog post. I think it's like 10 years old. But he talked about like um, onboarding flows, all this kind of stuff. I don't know why I was reading this post, but uh, he talked about how like password, uh, people forgetting their password was like a huge issue early on at Uber that they had to solve. Um, yeah. Because if people couldn't quickly get their, like reset their password when they're waiting for a taxi, they would just, you know, or waiting for an Uber, they just do something else. So it's kind of remarkable how like still, we have this system of like passwords to log into websites. It's so simple. And yet people are still constantly forgetting their passwords and it's still a huge issue. So, I mean, when it comes to wallets and seed phrases, we know this is it's like the a same story. Issue. It's the same story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, looking forward to MPC wallets and how they kind of improve the experience. Will they give more of an experience like um, the kind of like sign in with Google experience? Will it be yes. more like this? Okay. Yes, uh, the the problem with MPC wallets is that uh, essentially you have a much broader uh, compatibility than smart contract wallets. I think one of the biggest disadvantages of the smart contract wallets is that they live in a single chain. Yeah. And then we saw in the last two years, the world became increasingly multi-chain, almost like becomes uh, ridiculous to think about a, an application that it lives on a single chain. And yeah. smart contract wallets still have that limitation where MPC wallets can just work with any chain immediately. And that's really fascinating because you recreated the same experience on a multi-chain setup. So you will see that you have some form of third party uh, that allows you to kind of protect your wallet. Uh, and then it's just a matter of technology and keeping up so we can make it a little bit more trustless than let's say Google. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what are kind of the top MPC wallets at the moment? Interesting. So I think one of the, the first players that I see that they had a really nice implementation was Taurus. Uh, Taurus has recently rebranded to Web3 off. Uh, yeah. They have this network of custodians that split the shard of a key and they basically can recover a key at any moment. Uh, another really good one is Zengo. So Zengo is not so much as a network, but like an actual wallet. So they have their own network for their own users. And then we are seeing also a new project called Entropy that's working essentially 
I would almost see it as like if Zengo was like white label, then then every wallet could be a Zengo wallet. That's what Entropy is trying to do. But awesome. there are still proprietary solutions. Like for example, Coinbase announced that every single Coinbase user would have an associated NPC wallet. And I think that's really powerful because there's a lot of Coinbase users out there. Absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. One wallet I tried recently was Sequence. I was pretty impressed with it. Um, Sequence is a smart contract wallet. Okay, Sequence is a smart contract. It worked well. It seemed yeah. pretty smooth. But yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a smart contract or NPC. But interesting, really interesting. And yeah, bringing the Coinbase uh, user base through uh, to be able to do yeah more kind of interesting on-chain things would be awesome. Very cool. So I want to kind of uh, chat to you a little bit about where you see the kind of challenges for the wallet space and yeah, where you see the growth, where you see growth essentially coming from. So you mentioned Coinbase will be a huge driver. Do you think it's all coming through big partnerships like this or will there be another way that wallets kind of grow the ecosystem? Honestly, like I said, I think the biggest blocker to proper private key management uh, has to be an Ethereum uh, initiative as a whole. Uh, there is uh, conversations about account abstraction as an improvement proposal for Ethereum. And account abstraction would basically make, it would level the game for the ease of use. Like seed phrase wallets and smart contract wallets and MPC wallets have a large diversity of uh, from going from the most difficult to the easiest, but still custodial. And we need to kind of level the playing field and account abstraction does that. I think that more than any partnership in the world that we could make is really a protocol change that would make Ethereum significantly easier to use. And account abstraction is going to be that missing piece. Obviously, now we're all focused on the merge, and it was a project that we've been waiting for almost four years. But account abstraction will be what's going to unlock the 1 billion users. Okay. And do other chains already have this? Or how does Ethereum compare to other chains? I believe the only chain that has implemented this successfully was Starknet. Only okay. Starknet has actually built in uh, account abstraction. I, I think they did this in collaboration with Argent. So Argent and I, I, Argent X, I think that's the project. Argent X uses Starknet's account abstraction. So this is the only place where we've seen in production account abstraction done properly. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of Argent's wallet, I think. Those, that team is really excellent when it comes to UX and stuff. Um, Absolutely. And you, you really feel it when using the wallet. And I think they also were pretty early to use social recovery, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they pretty much pioneered it. Like, it, it was it was not a concept invented by Argent at all. Uh, like, Gnosis Safe already had some features around it, but, like, they made social recovery usable. Awesome. So I want to talk to you a little bit about where you see, you know, I feel like you and your team especially have a kind of a really interesting view because you have like the protocol layer, then we have application layer and you like sit between. So you can kind of see everything like this. You get this view on everything happening. And um, what do you think is going to be the next big thing to onboard people to Web3, NFT, DAOs, DeFi? I kind of know what you're already going to say, but I want to, I want to hear you. Well, Explain I don't know, like, 
I I don't know what's the next trend. I think that number one, DeFi has matured. DeFi has matured to a point where I believe any one of us can attract family members to use it. It's it's a really attractive product in itself. And then NFTs gained a lot of popularity, but I don't think they still met the true utility. But what both of these uh, waves have created was essentially now we have enough people on chain for DAOs to work. DAOs kind of just needed scale. And now the DAOs have reached scale, we need to build tool around it. So I think the next trend is DAOs becoming almost invisible into any internet product. And eventually we build communities as a DAO. Like the word DAO will disappear as a technical slang. And then we'll just see internet communities becoming proactive and actually having really interesting initiatives, just like we saw back in the day with like, let's say Kickstarter. What if Kickstarter was a DAO? Kickstarter could totally be a DAO, but the technology wasn't there. So I yeah. think that's what Wallet Connect really wants to build. Uh, build around the next way, which will be communities or usable DAOs. Awesome. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, I was I was always thinking that DAOs were this like layer of complexity that people wouldn't be able to understand or interact with. And I think over the last couple of years, as we've seen like the application layer scale, the importance for DAOs as uh, this like shit part, like the key part of shared ownership is yes. what Web3 is all about. It's like the core of what we're doing and what we're building. And yeah, DAOs are going to be, DAOs are going to continue to be the most important thing. And I think we see like every NFT project that gets a load of hype um, and they haven't, they may not, not have thought so much about their roadmap as an organization. They might've just launched some cool art, done X, Y, Z, got a load of like traction, maybe have some revenue in the bank. And then they're all like, wow, okay, we have to become a DAO now. And yeah. you know, that onboards their community to start to interact on chain and, you know, go beyond just like the artwork or this initial like cultural, you know, cultural thing that they've done. And I think, yeah, it's the same, like these communities will be like culture driven and they'll always kind of fall back to or fall forward into, oh, now we have to build our shared ownership and truly make this, you know, a shared community that we can all benefit from. And then, yeah, they're always going to be DAOs. So yeah, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. And DAOs kind of will bring a little more how do I say this? Like it will make the vision that the wallet represents uh, internet identity more to reality because wallets are a form of identity, but given that the only thing you could do on blockchain was DeFi, then wallets are just some access control to some liquidation or like some position and some options, you know, it wasn't really that interesting for the majority of users. And so you're like proficient in finance when, when you bring NFTs and other projects, DAOs start to have really interesting properties and the wallet becomes truly an uh, internet passport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how things play out amongst um, these like digital identity layer projects. Like, we've seen a lot 
emerge the last like six to 12 months. And um, it's going to be really interesting to watch how they try and capture the market because I feel that only one or two can really exist. Maybe like there can be a gaming one, like your digital identity and gaming, there'll be like one platform for that. There'll be like digital identity, maybe around like NFTs and art and this stuff. But there are a lot, there's probably like 50 or 60 different projects I know that are building this. So I'm interested to see where it goes. How, how do you think, do you think they're gonna be wallet projects that win this or like application layer projects? Or will it be someone like Instagram or Facebook that says, we're gonna own your digital identity on Meta and also on Ethereum and all these other chains. I think that just like Wallet Connect has eventually gained predominance over proprietary solutions, identity will follow the same. So there was competition to Wallet Connect. Wallet Connect wasn't the only solution that allowed you to remotely connect to your wallets and sign transactions in a secure manner. But Wallet Connect created a neutral and open platform for any wallet to use it. So that made it not just a protocol for one or two wallets, it made it a protocol for hundreds, almost 200 wallets now. And that's really powerful. So when it comes to digital identity, it's not about the best technical identity. It's not even about the one who has the biggest partnership or user base. It's about the one that serves the most. Uh, protocols really have to be public goods and yeah. stand, standardized identity will win over proprietary identity. And we already see this in very small forms. So sign in with Ethereum is probably the most basic form of identity. It's essentially a claim that you sign. It's a signed claim. And it's already gained so much popularity because it works everywhere. It works with every single wallet. So if you are a wallet and a wallet or a MetaMask or a hardware wallet, you are instantly compatible with signing with Ethereum. And I think that's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. People are, when people discover that, it's like one of those wow moments where they go from one dApp to another and they're importing all their data in and they're just seeing yeah. everything populate with one click. It's like, wow, okay, that was amazing. Um, I was also like, I had the, a wow moment the first time I was signing with Wallet Connect on my phone. Um, and I was just like, okay, that's awesome. Done. Boom. Okay. Amazing. That's really cool. What you said about open, open kind of protocol layers. And I think when it comes to identity, it has to be an open layer. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to emerge. I remember, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not correct, but I remember there was, there was a time when Coinbase, they decided to implement something else from Wallet Connect, even though it was a, an inferior solution. I remember maybe talking to a conference and yeah, we weren't yeah. too happy with the choice. Um, but then obviously that sounds like they've, they've come back around and they've realized that the open protocol is the most powerful. Yeah. So basically what happened was I think Coinbase, given its scale, saw the opportunity of leveraging uh, that power to build a proprietary solution that would gain significant adoption. It's something that was very apparent because of its dominance as an exchange that then it could translate into large user base into the actual self-custodial wallet. So they developed a competing solution called Wallet Link. But then after development of Wallet Connect version two, we had multiple conversations with them and it kind of addressed a lot of the issues that they saw with Wallet Connect version one. 
they saw a very different level of maturity of the protocol as well. And they could see the potential of Coinbase wallet uh, using Wallet Connect V2. That was also around the same time that we had the Series A uh, for Wallet Connect. And they actually became one of the, the investors on Wallet Connect. And they rebranded Wallet Link to Coinbase Wallet SDK to differentiate yeah. the proprietary solution from the open one. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, they, be yeah, they became an investor and that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Super cool. So I have a couple more questions for you. Um, these are kind of like, yeah, a bit out there, a bit wildcard, but I'd love to hear your take. So what do you see being the most successful, like consumer facing applications? Um, in Web3 in the next like three to five years? You, you know, I I have a very biased opinion because I, I, I focus mostly on wallets. So I think that what we're going to see is this experience of wallets really becoming digital passports. And Wallet Connect has been building essentially wallet software without building a wallet. So we actually believe that if someone follows the path that we have of building a wallet as the gateway to Web3, it's going to definitely be the most successful project. And it, I think it, it will have to come as a wallet. Like applications create the dynamic behind the wallets. Like wallets are useless without the applications. Yeah. But wallets still have a large uh, space to improve and most of it has to do with how social they are right now they're kind of cold-blooded they're just private key managers that sign high value transactions but what if your wallet becomes more personal what do you give it a name what do you give it a form of identity what if you can be communicating with other peers through your wallet and even having this idea that you can control your identity in the internet, it also means that you need to be aware of everything that happens. So having built-in notifications for anything relevant to you is something yeah. that's going to really change. So that's exactly what Wallet Connect version 2 is. So Wallet Connect version 2 provides signing transactions, as it's been doing for uh, four years now. And then we built also... Um, solution for signing with ethereum which is wallet connect authentication uh, yeah. catered the, the projects like instagram and twitter based on yeah. their feedback from the last year and also chat and push notifications i think chat and push notifications is going to be a big 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 win for wallets in the future absolutely yeah i think that's a key um aspect of web3 that Again, a lot of people are trying to solve this very, very difficult challenge is communication between yeah. protocols and users. I mean, you know, obviously work at height with many different projects, especially in the application layer and at the protocol layer. And there might be like a significant event happening. And in a Web2 company, you just have everyone in your mega email list and you just type out the email or MailChimp and you hit send and, you know, 10 million people receive that email in the next hour, or you send a push notification to everyone's mobile phone and everyone gets that instantly. So Web3 doesn't have that mainly because we're not collecting user data. We're just 
allowing people to do the one-click signing with Ethereum. So the communication is difficult. How do you tell someone, hey, you're about to be liquidated or, hey, there's a really awesome governance proposal coming up. Like it's, it's much more difficult if you don't collect um, user data. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that will work. Really looking forward. Yeah, because right now, like the hack has been to just reuse existing technology, associating a blockchain address with an email, like yeah. going into Discord or Telegram to get your announcements. Yeah. And they, these are just like temporary solutions. They're not real solutions. The, the problem with Web3 is that it's fragmented by design. The fact that it's open and permissionless means that there will never always be one wallet for one application. So that means that no matter how much you try to silo users to use a certain wallet for your application, they will always be able to use 30 other wallets. So yeah. how can you make all of these wallets have a consistent experience? You need to build protocols and tooling that are available to everyone. And then you as an application can guarantee that consistent experience regardless of the wallet that the user has chosen. So yeah. I think that's yeah. where Wallet Connect provides the most value, which is providing a neutral platform for wallets and applications to share infrastructure, re regardless of the partnerships or collaborations that they had created between certain applications and wallets. Awesome. I think that is a very cool, very, very cool overview of where we're going to go into the future. So I'm, ex I'm very excited as a marketer. I'm sure a lot of people listening will also be very excited to know that they'll finally have a way to be able to communicate with um, people, the users on their application through a permissionless protocol. Okay, so last question I want to hit you with is if you could be CMO or head of growth or do that role for a project in the space, which one would you choose? Any Web3 project, maybe even a Web2 project. Hmm, interesting. That's a hard question to, to ask. <laughs> Let me give it some thought on that. You know, like, I think that OpenSea is an interesting one because OpenSea had true organic growth because they basically went on this wave that everyone was doing NFTs, but what if they could actually create more value than next speculation? Like I would like to see them creating campaigns that really attracted family and friends to buy NFTs for each other as gifts. I would really, really double down on the gifting market and see how you could celebrate birthdays, weddings, new baby that was born, you know, true NFTs. I love that. Funny thing, I actually applied to be head of growth at OpenSea back in um, 2019. And I think I got through to the final interview, but they decided to focus on development. Um, so I was, uh, yeah, that could have been me in a different world. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that concept as well to bring, bring people through. I'm definitely going to try and pitch in that idea as well. So I hope you don't mind if I steal it. Absolutely. Honestly, there's been projects who have been focused solely on gifting NFTs. Uh, I know, for example, one of the fellow founders that I met really early on was Mikhail from LinkDrop. And this whole project was around gifting both tokens and NFTs. And it was a really good one. But I, I just believe that it, he hasn't found a platform. And OpenSea had that platform. 
So honestly, if OpenSea is listening, give a call to Mikhail and get that link drop project acquired. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pedro. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Growing Web 3. You can see the show notes and all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hypepartners forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening again. And be sure to hit subscribe to listen to new episodes first. Growing Web 3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web 3 organizations. Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web 3 ecosystems. Go to www.hype.partners to learn more.